book of Galatians, chapter 1. We have been going through the book of Galatians, and uh, Paul is uh, writing in response of the things that were going on in these churches in this area. Is letting them know that there was those that came in behind him and preached some false doctrine, and preached some uh, uh, trying to undermine Paul and what Paul was preaching. And Paul is writing in response of that. And uh, he wanted them to know that uh, there ain't but one way it's grace alone, faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone that man can be saved. And they're trying to add works to the uh, grace and they're trying to add works to salvation. There's people today that still try to do the same thing. We haven't faced the same problems with people today in having to try to do works for salvation. You get saved, you got to do this, and you got to do that. But uh, as we go on and still in verse uh, chapter 1, verse number 13, Paul said, For ye have heard of my, my conversion in times past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Paul was, uh, we know that it was Saul of Tars, and uh, we know who he was and what he did. And he, and he said, y'all know who I am, you know what I have did. And prophet in the Jews' religion above many, my equals my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathens, immediately I conferred not with the flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them that were apostles before me, but I went unto Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to the Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But others of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before the God, I lie not. Afterwards I came to the region of Syria and Sicily and was known by the face of the churches in Judea, in which, which were in, in Christ. But they had heard only that he had, which persecuted us in times past, now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We just thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your, your, your grace, and we thank you for your mercy, Father. We just ask you to touch people tonight. Lift them up. Encourage them, Father. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. Help us to understand, Lord, your words in our life and your will for our life, Father. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I think all of you would agree with me, we all love the before and after stories. I, I love the before and after stories. We like to hear someone's testimony and what they were before God got a hold of them, before uh, uh, God uh, uh, changed our life. Uh, we've seen pictures of places that uh, uh, the before and after, and it just seems like it's amazing. We've seen the transformation of cities gone from nothing to uh, beautiful cities. We've seen people have gone through transformations uh, in a lot of things. You see somebody, that, uh, you see a picture of them, and, uh, and they've lost a lot of weight. They went through a uh, significant uh, transformation of the weight loss. 
And you see the picture before them and the after them. And we all wonder what they did. How did they lose the weight? There's something intriguing about the transformation that uh, takes place in people's lives. There are many people that have different types of addictions. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to alcohols. Uh, 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 any type of addiction they have. And we have known some that have... Uh, uh, that kind of addiction, we all know them, and we knew that their lives were all about the uh, drugs and alcohol. How it messed their lives up. And then something happened and changed their life. They got cleaned up. God touched them. They got moved. Now, now you see them in a different view. Uh, you see the before picture of them and the after picture. And they, you're stunned at the radical changes in their life. Even in the entertainment society, there are those that uh, take an old home that's rusted up and beaten up and fallen apart and uh, they'll go in and they, they transform that house. They pull the walls down and rebuild it and remodel it and they show you the picture that it was before and then they show you the picture afterwards and how it's transformed and it's changed. They've remodeled, they've done everything. And we see the transformation of it. And don't make me want to go out and buy one and try to redo that on my own. I don't have the talent to do that. So I don't recommend anybody doing that. You, you've seen all, all kinds of transforma uh, transformations in, 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 in cars. I've seen people take old cars that look like they were rusted out, no good, no more than motors went running, and they'll take them and they work with them and, and they keep working at it. And in time, time, they become something that was beautiful. It was running, it looks good. Uh, you see the before picture and the after picture, it just doesn't mirror up. It don't look the same. There's a testimony. Every one of us tonight, if you're here and you're a believer and you're bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you've got that same type of transformation in your life. All of us are saved and ought to have a moment in our life. There ought to be a time that you can pinpoint, a time that you can place that represents the before Christ and the moment our life was transformed by Christ. They ought to look back, you ought to look different. There ought to be a change, there ought to be a transformation in your life somewhere along. If you say you're a child of God, there ought to be a transformation. And all of us should have a te testimony in our life that we have been transformed for what we were and what we are. There's that before picture and after picture. I, I love testimony service. I love it when somebody stands up and tells uh, uh, how God had changed them, how God had brought them through what they've been through, what they've been going through, and how, how God uh, reached into their lives and changed. I love, and trans I love to hear testimonies. I love to hear how people have been trans uh, transformed in their lives from what they were and what they are, and I love those. And you know, testifying is an act of worshiping. That, that is us exalting the name of God, lifting Him up expression our, our gratitude to, and our thankfulness of what he has done in our lives it's, it's also an act of evangelism 
Somebody could be sitting in church, uh, uh, not a regular member or not somebody just coming, but somebody could stand up and testify how God has transformed their life, and, and they could hear that, and you'll set that seed on how you, they, your life was transformed, and they can uh, evangelize unto them, saying God could change their lives. It's also an act of edification. It edifies the saints of God. When someone testifies, you're an act of worshiping, you're an act of evangelism, you're an act of uh, edifying. Here in these verses we just read, Paul is somewhat giving his testimony. He's sharing with us his record of his transformation. But here he is not doing it in an act of worship. He's not doing it in an act of evangelism. He's, he's not doing it in an act of uh, uh, edification of the body of Christ in those churches that uh, Galatia. But rather he's testifying and giving a defense of his apostleship. He is testifying that God had called him into the ministry and God has changed his life. And through the gospel of Jesus Christ, Last week, Paul talked about how the one true gospel uh, were saved by grace alone and through faith alone, through Jesus Christ alone. And, and Paul said there, there's only one way. He, says, uh, he said in verse number 12, you look at that, he says, For neither I received it a man, neither I was I taught it, but it was a revelation of Jesus Christ. The true gospel came from God. It was designed by God. And delivered by God. And Paul said, I want you to see how this gospel has changed my life. He said, I can validate the message if you allow me to examine my life. If you look at my life and see how God has radically changed my life, it will tell you and show you what I've been telling you has been the truth. So in saying that, in this verse, and I don't know if I'm going to get through all this tonight. There's an awful lot and just in these verses here. But there are four things that ought to be in place if we're saved. There's four things that you should have in your life that says, I have a transformed life. My life has been radically changed by what God has done in my life. First of all, uh, we look at Paul. He says, I had a destructive past in verse 13 and 14 for you have heard of my conversations in time past in the Jews religion how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it Paul is writing to us to see the before picture the picture before Jesus Christ he wants them to see who he was Jesus saved him Paul is showing us that in his past his conduct was destructive all those people knew who Paul was. They knew of his reputation before he got saved. And being this person who was a savage against the church. If you met Paul and you was a Christian, this is not the person you wanted to meet. Paul said, when you saw me, those people ran. They didn't, they didn't want to meet me, but God has changed me. And Paul was now trying to he wasn't even trying to hide. They, they, people would try to hide from Paul. He says, I've been transformed. 
your past. In your past, you ought to look at your past and see your times in your past and mark in your past that how destructive you was. He says, I want to remind you of those that have come in behind me. They have reminded you of that. They have told you uh, uh, what I was. Uh, they have told you that what I've done. And Paul said, I have not hid this from you. I have not uh, hide this from you. But they were trying to say Paul is this way one day and Paul is this way another day. You've heard uh, how other people, the way I was in the past. Paul wanted them to know it was the past. But I want you to know something, Paul says, I was a savage. And I am not proud of it. Before I met Jesus Christ, I was somebody you didn't want to meet. I think that every one of us would agree that we've all had of a past. We've all done things we're not proud of. We've all been where places that we said, I wished I had not have done that. And that's before we met Jesus Christ. And, and I, I, I understand some people's past seem a lot worse than other people's past. But still we all have a past. Answer this question. Who was outside of Jesus Christ? Who was the most, outside of Jesus Christ, who was the most effective and influential individual in the early church? And I think you'll all agree with me, the most effective and influential person in the early church was the same Apostle Paul. Think about his writing, all his writings. Think about uh, the churches that he started. But also, you would have to agree with me, Paul was also one of the most dangerous and destructive person in the early church. He persecuted. He came at it with a vengeance. It was the Apostle Paul who did not. That blows my mind how one person can be some way and then all of a sudden that transformation and God got a hold of him and somebody who persecuted church, somebody thought he was doing it right and all of a sudden now he's preaching the gospel and now he's setting churches up. That's, in fact, turn to Acts chapter 7. If you go to Acts chapter 7, Paul, by his own testimony, said that I was adamant, I was zealous. I was a Jew underneath the law of God. I not only wrecked habit, I, only, not, I also went into homes not only to bound them in imprisonment, I, I had letters in my pockets. I, I was on the road to Damascus uh, uh, to do even more harm. But he said, I want to tell you something, Agrippa. I even executed and put to death Christians. Paul was a savage in verse 13. Paul was a defender of the law, but he, he actually was a, a transgressed the law. Uh, the Bible said, thou shall not kill. But Paul was so adamant to defend his Judaism and defend his religion and to defend what he thought was right in his faith in God. He was willing to break the law so that we could find here, Paul, there's no way to have, have an acceptance of God by the measure of the law, he said. No matter how zealous 
you are in keeping the law at some point you're going to have to break the law because the law was never intended to save people Paul said I, I, I wasted in the church I destroyed Christians he said I was somebody before Christ that you did not want to meet or claim but by God's grace he changed me and made me a new creature can I say in your testimony, it may not be as severe as Paul. It might not be as, it has the, uh, the action of Paul's. But that same grace that saved Paul is the same grace that transforms you and I this evening. It's the same one. We've all been made new creatures in Jesus Christ. And it's still the same gospel that does that. Paul was a savage. Paul was a savage towards the church. He, he persecuted the church. And, and Paul's idea and Paul's mindset that he was doing the right thing because of the law. He was right in his mind and his belief and in his faith. And nothing was going to change that thought of Paul. And I couldn't have changed it. You couldn't have changed it. The church couldn't have changed it. It took only one that could change him. And that one changed him. The same way with us today, uh, we don't have that mindset as Paul. We don't come out and persecute the church. But the only person can really change your mind and change your belief is Jesus Christ. Amen. You give it to him. You let him take care of it. He can change your thought pattern. He can change your mind. He can change your way. He can have a transformed life in Jesus Christ. Every one of us got a past. Paul's saying, hey, hey, church, you know me. I, I, I'm not hiding the fact that I persecuted the church. I'm not hiding the fact that I went in and took people. But Paul wanted them to know, I am not hiding from anything. Acts 7, 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. We're talking about Stephen, the first martyr of the church. And the witness laid down their cloaks at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This same Paul, can, can you imagine Paul being this bold? The, he's standing at the stone in the sea, and, and in Luke's account, he said, these men laid their clothes down at the feet of the Saul of Tarsus. Now, you would have to grieve at night. If somebody laid their clothes down at your feet, uh, uh, that meant they must, uh, they had trusted this individual. That means they had to uh, 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 get, knew this individual, that he was somebody that was trustworthy. They trusted him enough to lay their clothes down at Saul's feet to get the business done. Stoning this Christian. They knew this person. They trusted enough to do that. And he was going to consent. Everything they were done. It, Saul is consenting to everything they were doing. 
Paul was part of the committee of execution, if you want to say. The Christians in Jerusalem, and, and there he would, uh, would only add fuel to the fire when the Paul saw this execution of Stephen. They saw this stoning of Stephen. It, it kind of changed something in Paul's heart. He was about to wreak havoc in those who named Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1 through 30 says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at the time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And, there, and they were scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea, Samaria, except the, except the apostles. And the devout men carried Stephen to the burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into houses, inhaling men and women, committing them to prison. In, in chapter 7, Paul is watching the execution. He, he's standing there. And somehow or another, this gets inside of him. Somehow or another, this fuels his heart. This fuels his desires. And later on in the chapter, you'll find that Paul is one that's leading the charge in Jerusalem. The Bible said now that Paul is wrecking havoc in the church. Imagine here we have the idea of a bull raging uh, in a cage and, uh, and just wanting to get out. And the people come and taunt him and poke at him and everything. And then you open up the door. Here comes Paul rushing out. And that degree that somehow there's a great persecution going on in Jerusalem by the hands of Paul. Can you imagine Paul going into houses? Being this bold to go into a house. Now think about the terror that was associated with the name of Paul. He... <laughs> something wrong he's going into houses and not only bringing out men but he's also bringing out the women as well he's locking them up and he's persecuting them and you know listen Paul is being used by listen ain't this, this just get this Paul is being used by Jesus Christ before Paul ever met Christ and in the spreading of the gospel the gospel says your uh, gospel go out into the farther regions, Judea, Samaria, and all the outer regions. Paul is causing it because right at this time the, the gospel is contained into the city of Jerusalem. It's not going anywhere. But the persecution that's come upon these Christians, they're starting to spread out. They're starting to go out in other cities. And when they go out in the other cities, now they're planting seeds. They're telling about the gospel. Paul is being used by Christ to spread the gospel before he even met Christ. Amen. Up to chapter 8, the gospel has just been in Jerusalem, but now it's being spread all over. Chapter 9 and verse uh, 1 and 2, is, And Saul, yet breathing out of threatenings and slaws against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired to him letters to Damascus, to the, to the synagogue, that he may be found any of this way, any Christians, anybody named the name of Jesus, if he can find any of them, whether they be man or woman, he didn't care who they were, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Now here's a man that is dead set against Christians. And yet in his own mindset, he's doing it under the law and his faith of God. That's why he's doing this. In Acts 22, it says, Men, brethren, and fathers, Hear ye my defense, which I have made now unto you, 
And when they heard the spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he said, I am verily a man, which I am a Jew, born in Tarsus, the city of Cilicia, yet brought in up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the Father, and was zealous toward God. And all these days, and I persecuted this way unto death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women. Paul was somebody that knew the, if you want to know what the Torah, you want to know what the law said, you want to know what the Bible said, you go to Paul. Paul was a well-educated man in the Bible. Paul had his mindset that, hey, he is talking, he's doing everything in Christ. He's doing what he's supposed to do, he's doing what he's raised to do, and he's doing what he believes to do. By Paul's own testimony, he was adamant about the destruction of the church. He, he wanted the, the churches of Galatia to see that he was this guy. He was somebody you didn't want to meet. He was the one that brought people to death. He was the one on the road to Damascus. He was that man. But there was something he met on the road to Damascus. Can I say that you and I are the same way as Paul? We may not be persecutors. We may not be throwing people in prison. We might not be hounding them. But yet, if you was lost before you met Jesus Christ, you was the same as Paul, as a sinner. And we all had to meet Christ somewhere at some point in time in our life. You had to meet Christ. And, and when you met Christ, you became changed. Verse 13 in Galatians, Paul is a savage. But in verse 14, Paul tells them he becomes a success. 14, now profit in the Jews and religion among my equal in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. No wonder Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me that he counted me faithful having put me into the ministry. Paul's telling me, I was not called of men. I'm not called a priest. I'm not called of men. God has called me, and he changed my life. Paul said he was merciless, he was rootless, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly of the belief, he said. I, I'm doing it ignorantly because I thought it was right. Verse 13, he was a savage. In verse 14, he's a success. Paul learns and studies the feet of Gamaliel, he said. And if you wanted to go to Philippians chapter 3, Paul gives us a list of his credentials. He's I've circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of the Israel and on the tribe of Benjamin and a Hebrew of the Hebrews and the touching of the law of Pharisees concerning zeal and uh, uh, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness of which is in the law blamelessly. If you needed to know something about the Bible, Paul knew that. Paul said, I want you to know something. I didn't consider myself as a savage or a beast or a murderer. I considered myself religious. I considered myself as a religious person. He said, I, I considered myself as having favor in the anointing of God. It, it was proven because of my Peers applaud me. They saw me what I've done and they, they, they put their stamp of approval on what I was doing. 
They knew I had something special. They knew there was something inside of me that drove me that way. He said, I looked at my life and said, what a man and what Judaism could not do, Jesus Christ could do. Paul was saying as much as I am a success in those things, really I'm, I'm nothing. And in Philippians chapter 3 he said, I've suffered all the loss and I'll, I'll count them all as dung that I may win Christ. That I may win Christ. And what he's telling the Judaizers, I was like you. I was the same as you. I thought I was doing it right. I, I had the thought I was right. I, I believed I was right. I was the same as you. Verse 15, 16, but when it would please God, he said, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to reveal the Son to me that I might preach him among the heathens. Immediately I conferred not with flesh or blood. The testimony was this before the period that was for God being an antichrist. There is something in our lives that has to be a calling. In order for you to come to Christ, there has to be a calling. He said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, and call me by His grace to reveal His Son to me, that I might preach among the heathens. Paul said it was He that separated, it was He that called me, it was He that revealed the Son. There's three things that Paul wants you to know this is. The divine calling of God that happened in His conversion. It was God who called Him. It was God who separated Him. It was God who revealed his son to him. Until we are like that, until we can say God has revealed his son to me and to I, we're going to be lost and undone. Paul, Paul wanted these people to know what he was telling them at the churches of Galatia. He wanted them to know, hey, I was this type of person. I was this guy, but there's been a transformation in my life. And, and I want to testify that I, I was this way, but something got a hold of me. Uh, somebody got inside of me and transformed my life now that I'm not that way no more. And that's the way we should be. As our lives as a Christian, there should be a point in your life that you can look back and pinpoint, that's when Christ got a hold of me. The old land dead, I've become a new creature on that time. That's when God got a hold of me. And just as zealous he was as persecuting the church, he was in just preaching the gospel and setting up. And we should be the same way. I mean, we're not going to go out and set churches up, establish churches, but you can be a witness in this lost and dying world. Our life should be as a witness. Our life should be a shining light in this world that others may see. And that's what Paul was. Even though he was somebody they didn't want to meet, he became somebody they just couldn't put away because Paul had been changed. 
a transformation, a, a testimony of a transformed life, and that's what we should, every one of us sitting here as a child of God should have a testimony of a transformation of life. Your life should be something different. You should be able to stand up and say, I was this before I met Christ. I was this way before I met Christ. Even if you was raised in church, there ought to be a time in your life that says, I accepted Christ. This is what I am now. Every one of us sitting here that's bought by the blood of Jesus has its life that we can say, a testimony of a transformation of a life. Amen? Let me ask you this. Raise your hand, and I'm not going to ask you to say anything, but can you pinpoint the day that Christ changed your life? That day. It's burnt in your mind. Can I say this? How many people know it? How many people know that day in your life? Are you telling people? This is what Christ did for me on this day. He transformed my life. He changed me. I'll tell you, if you met me before he got a hold of me, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't like me. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't like y'all either. Amen. I'm just going to tell you. I did not go to church to get God. I didn't go to church to get Jesus. I went for other reasons. But when he got a hold of me, the reasons changed. And you should be able to point that in your life. You ought to tell people about your transformation in your life. You ought to tell people, hey, God transformed. He changed my life. If you can't tell people about that, something wrong. I think we ought to have a testimony service. I think we all ought to stand up and say, I was this. Now, you don't have to tell me what you exactly were. I know you were a sinner. I'm a sinner. I was a sinner. And some of us will tell you what we were. You ought to be able to say, on this day, God entered my life and changed my life. Now I serve him. I don't serve the world. I don't serve the flesh. Paul was saying, hey, I wasn't called a man. I wasn't called a flesh. But I was called of God. And every one of us should be the same exact way. That day. A testimony of a transformed life.